Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Plenty of time in this hour for your calls. I'll tell you when to dial up. We've got a half hour from now. We will take your hot takes, as always, here on these Mondays. Coming off a very interesting Sunday in the National Football League. I like to start this hour every Monday with this. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, that's all known as just interesting people saying interesting things. Some of the more interesting sound bites coming out of the day yesterday. I've not heard this one, so we're going to hear it together. This is Sean McDermott, the coach of the Bills, whose team, as I pointed out earlier in this show, did not have a running play with anyone but their quarterback until they were four minutes into the second half yesterday. And in the end, their quarterback had 12 carries yesterday. Their next leading rusher had four. I don't remember having seen that in a very long time in a football game. We actually asked the Elias Sports Bureau, and this is what they told us. Josh Allen became the only player in the last 40 years to attempt all of his team's passes and rushes in a first half. Wow. That's an incredible stat if you really think about it. And it is an indictment of the offensive play calling, in my opinion, in every imaginable way. So they asked the head coach, Sean McDermott, about it afterwards. Here's what he said. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it. I liked what we did in the second half, mixing it up. I thought Coach David did a good job there. Well, why will you just leave it at that, Sean? I, what, what do you mean you'll just leave it at that? You're the head coach. <laughs> I mean, do you not have Brian Dayball's number? Like, while the game is going on, are they not in communication with each other? Like, you think at some point you would say, hey, Brian? Why hasn't Devin Singletary gotten the ball? What are we doing here? Like, you know, I was so high on McDermott and that coaching staff at one point, and I'm not anymore. And I did not like the way McDermott, you know, sort of disrespected Belichick after that game last week, but that's neither here nor there. But that game plan yesterday made no sense at all. They just abandoned. I mean, they literally abandoned. They're the first team in 40 years to do it. Hembo just told you. And then after the game, it sounds like he's telling you, man, I was kind of upset about that. I'll deal with Brian later. What the hell do you mean you'll deal with him later? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it. I liked what we did in the second half, mixing it up. I thought Coach David did a good job there. Yeah, you think so? So wh- where was it in the first half? Do you not have the ability to say, I think we might want to consider handing it off once? Like, I get you're letting him call his game and all that kind of stuff, but you're the head coach, and you're getting blown out. They were getting blown out in the first. That game was in danger of getting away from them, but it hadn't. Uh, Tampa didn't score the touchdown until the very end of the half. It made it a three-score game. They were still absolutely in the game. Not like they had to abandon the running game. So I don't like that response at all, do you? No, I don't. It's, it's weird because like, it's, it makes sense if you don't run the ball at all if you can't do it. But Buffalo owns the fourth-highest rushing, rushing average in the league. And if you watched that game yesterday, Josh Allen was getting smoked on yeah. a lot of his runs. I mean, he yeah. took a beating in that game. Obviously, his OC didn't do him any favors. He ended the game in a I feel he was boat. like uh, Joe Brady. He just couldn't get a hold of him. You know? I, was like, <laughs> I, was just, I was trying to get a hold of Brian, but I just couldn't find him. So we'll leave it at that. That's a very good line. Hold on. If you don't remember it Hold last on. week, um, when they fired Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator in Carolina, Matt Rule, the head coach, said, I was going to fire him Saturday, but he wasn't available, so I fired him Sunday, <laughs> which is one of the funniest things I've ever heard a coach say, and maybe that's what it was. Uh, maybe, you know, Brian Dayball, he just wasn't available. But you're right. Brian Dayball, a year ago, was like the hottest coordinator option for future head coaching opportunities. I've not heard his name at all in that conversation this year. I think, no. I think most people agree with you here. The Bills have sort of fallen out of favor in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, and 
could wind up falling out of the playoffs for a team that's as good as they are. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Uh, the next one I have here is Aaron Rodgers, after the game last night, beats the Bears, and he was asked if this was going to be his last game against Chicago, whom he quote-unquote owns. Was this your last game against the Bears as a Packer? Here's Aaron. Oh, I don't know, Ryan. I mean, I'm not really thinking about that right now. I'm devoting all my energy uh, and focus to the season. I don't know. I don't think it's my last against the Bears. Uh, you know, I feel like one of the factors in continuing to play would be, you know, can I still play? Uh, do I still have it? Can I still be effective and efficient and, and make the plays I feel like I'm capable of making? And I think the answer is yes. Fair enough. So was it your last game against the Bears or was it your last game against the Bears as a Packer, which is really the question that you're trying to get to there? And he was unreal. I mean, you watch Aaron Rodgers right now. I think he's playing as well as any quarterback I've ever seen. What is his touchdown to interception ratio on the season on the, again? On the season standby. The, he's had four touchdowns last night. He's thrown 34 touchdowns in the division since he last threw a pick. <laughs> his, Think about um, that. Since the last time he was intercepted by a Viking, a Bear, or a Lion, he has thrown 34 touchdowns against them. His ratio on the season is 27-4, to 4, but this is what I was looking up when you asked that question. He's now 22-5, and 5, so that's 27 games in the regular season against the Bears in his career. I want you to guess for me his touchdown-to-interception ratio in those 27 games. His touchdown to interception ratio. So you're looking for the actual ratio? No, no, or, the, the total. So it's 27 games. So I'm just going to do a little math here. I'm going to say in those 27 games, he has thrown few. I'm going to say that he has thrown five interceptions and then 27, 25. I'm going to say 60 touchdowns and five interceptions. It's uh, 61 touchdowns against 10 interceptions. Okay, so Pretty I, good. I, Pretty good guess. I, I, so six to one. Is yeah he so he has completely owned oh the Bears uh, and you know and the Packers are a team that are are publicly owned so I mean he could he could literally have an ownership stake dual ownership in the Packers and he's owned the Bears he could actually own two teams you know it was a line I thought of this morning that I didn't get to use on Get Up that I wanted to Nuno tell me if this would have been a good line I wanted to use this on Get Up but the, the whole idea of him owning the Bears didn't come up. But I said, if he really wants to buy the Bears, maybe tomorrow when he's on, he could ask McAfee for a loan. What do you think? <laughs> would that Love have been it. a good line? You could ask Pat for some money. Um, would that have been funny? It would have been funny. Yeah. It, meaning it's not funny now? When I say it now, that didn't strike you as funny? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's just nice for someone. I, I just kind of like the idea. They're talking about someone's salary, and it isn't mine. I just think it's kind of fun. <laughs> I'm just delighting in the fact that that conversation is going on. All right. Next stop is Urban Meyer. Oh, you vey. Um, this is Urban not happy with the leaks. Um, and I guess on that level, he has a point. Uh, here was Urban after the game yesterday being asked about the fact that essentially what's come out is that everyone hates his guts and he's doing a terrible job. What's the answer? Uh, start leaking information or some nonsense? No. No, that's nonsense. That's garbage. If there is a source, that source is unemployed. I mean, within seconds, if there's some source that's doing it. So that's interesting because what he doesn't say is that it isn't true, right? <laughs> he doesn't say it's not true. So it's, it's almost confirming that it is true by telling you that whoever it is that told you this, I'm firing now. Being a leak is in a situation like this is a terrible thing. Being the snitch, what's the word I'm looking for? Being the, the rat, whatever the term is. Um, you're not a whistleblower. You're just a jerk. 
So, yes, I agree. The, he, in that regard, he's absolutely right. However, the reality of the situation is the reality of the situation. They face a brutally tough situation right now, a decision this offseason in Jacksonville because the most important person in the organization by far is Trevor Lawrence, right? By far. Oh, for sure. And if the, how could this not be stunting his growth, stunting his development, right? It has to be. He looks, mu- he looks like he is much worse now than he was as a college player. I mean, if he were in the NFL last year, he'd be better than this right now. He, Trevor Lawrence, like you described earlier, a generational prospect who by most measures is like the lowest graded quarterback in the entire league. Right. So let me ask you a question here, Bubba. If you're Shad Khan and you own that team, would you – how much money does Urban make? Like, we don't know exactly how much he makes, We don't know right? for sure. But let's just say it's got to be something like – I'm just going to make up a number. I'm going to say he's getting paid at least $7 million a year. Good guess. Right? Yeah. And he's got four more years left on his contract. Right. Do I have that right? So let's just say you have to bite the bullet and write a $28 million check. Oh. If you're Shad Khan, would you be willing to do it to get him away from Trevor Lawrence? No, I got faith in Urban. He's going to turn it around. You just wait <laughs> – just the victim of circumstance. You just wait. I'm going to be the one who's going to be right here in the end. What many of you may not know is that, is that Bubba is an extraordinarily wealthy person. He, he started, uh, I mean, he was an entrepreneur in a previous life. He, he does a radio production because it's, it's just a love. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a labor of love right. for him. Um, but, but he was an entrepreneur and started many uh, different uh, things, uh, many things that you use, including readers. I mean, these classes that I use every single day, yep. uh, there were no readers. And then there was Bubba, and now I can read. Um, so he's got the money. So you would not be willing. So Shad Khan, here's the thing that I would say. On a given day, Shad Khan makes or loses $28 million. Like on every single Probably, day. Probably, yeah. When you have a billion dollars and the way it's all invested and all that kind of stuff. So I've never fully understood that. Like he doesn't want to pay another coach. Well, what exactly does that mean? Like $28 million doesn't matter to Shad Khan. He's worth $8.7 billion. He's worth $8.7 billion. Well, I, I would agree. I don't think it's necessarily because of the money. I, uh, yeah. No, I, I would. The point seven. <laughs> Is way more than $28 million. <laughs> right. If he was worth $8 billion, you'd say, my God, he has all the money in the world. The point seven is almost superfluous. And that's how many times $28 million? How many times does 28 go into $700 million? <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of times. Do you understand what I'm saying? 25, take, 25 times. 25 Urban Meyer. <laughs> $28 million is mean. If he dropped $28 million on the street, he wouldn't bother picking up, bending over to pick it up. When you're that rich, like we lose track of just how rich yeah, these right. guys are. Mm-hmm. He's worth $8.7 billion. He could write Urban Meyer that check tomorrow and not even know what happened. Someone could write it <laughs> and not tell him, and he'd never know. <laughs> he wouldn't know. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence should sneak into Shad Khan's house. He should find his checkbook. He should write a $28 million check to Urban Meyer. And in the lower left where it says, Momo, write, you're fired. And Shad Khan would never know. Would never know. It certainly wouldn't impact his life one way or the other. I think he's got to do it. This is Greeny. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. We'll hear some more sound bites. We'll have Nuno's notes and then time for your calls as we continue on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The reason that Bubba is playing the song Stairway to Heaven is because during the break, we just amused ourselves, Bubba and I, by playing incredibly famous songs for Hembo and seeing if he knew them. When I played the open to this song, he thought it was Dream On. Do you even know who sings Dream On? The who? That's Aerosmith. Okay, so terrible. Um, he, did, he, did, he didn't know uh, the, uh, Miss You by the Rolling Stones. I had never heard of that song You didn't before. know With a Little Help from My Friends by the Beatles. I did not hear that, no. You did mercifully know Let It Be by the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, but when we get to the chorus, that's famous enough. I've heard that. That's a grocery store song. And he knew Sweet Home Alabama, but only because they play it at football games. That's right. All right, Greeny here, all our guests on the Goodyear Hotline with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. A few more sound bites, then we'll get to Nuno's notes, and then we will have time for your calls. Uh, I got Matt Nagy here. So Matt Nagy, at halftime on NBC... It was a good game. The Bears actually had a lead over the Packers and Aaron Rodgers at halftime. Said he was, quote, having fun. <laughs> right? It, 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 what is the actual quote there? He said he was having a good time during the game. Then they lost, and he was asked afterwards about those comments. Fun, fun. It was. It was fun. That's what, that's, that first half, when, when you coach and you play and you play that first half the way we did, that's what it's all about. That's why we do what we do. And let's face it, it's been there's been difficult times this year, you know, for everybody, for the players, for the coaches, and because we, you know, you, you know what we can be. And when these guys play like that, uh, that's why we do it. That's why we do it. And our message at halftime was, you know, that's great, but we got to do it for quarters three and four. We got to finish. Okay, so so I, don't, I really know what to say about that comment. Like I'm just trying to picture Bill Belichick after a game in which his team lost. Talking about how much fun the first half was. Um, and I don't have a problem, I guess, with him saying it at halftime. But did it or did that not sound like the ultimate in a statement of a person who knew his team had no chance to win? Like, he himself was basically saying, I can't believe this. <laughs> like, like a fan. We're beating these guys. Like, that's what I might say. Mm-hmm. Like, boy, the first half was fun. We're beating these guys. I think they should hang a banner. <laughs> Bears 27, <laughs> Packers 21, week 14, first half. First half. <laughs> I mean, I, I, look, I, he's at that point now where there's nothing he can say. The best thing that will happen to him is when they get rid of him and he gets to go be an offensive coach somewhere because he's probably good at that. He obviously was good at that once upon a time. And he's the, the situation has gotten so bad. There's nothing he can say that's okay. But... Somehow, just hearing that, I don't know. Am I the, Nuno, what do you think of that? Like, what, what did you think of that comment? First him saying he's having fun at halftime, and then afterwards explaining how much fun it was after you lost the game. And Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdowns, no picks, and 300 and whatever it was, 61 yards. It's like he's, 
he knows it's over. So it, at this point in time, it's just kind of just just hopefully guys don't kill him on the way out. That's like that's kind of what I feel like is that at this point in time, once he's done, we're we don't want to we're hoping not to read the stories of oh Matt Nagy was X Y and Z or the players hate him. Like I think that's where he's at at this point. Fair enough. I, at this point, I think it has long since ceased to matter. Uh, next is your guy. How about Joe Judge? Oh, God, do we have to? Or as RC called him today on TV, Timmy Tough Nuts. <laughs> um, after a, just an embarrassing, I mean, they could not be. Oh. Hembo had the best statement of them all, which is their defense spent more time on red zone yesterday than any other unit in the NFL. <laughs> That's how yesterday was. And they tried one terrible trick play after another. But Joe Judge is always upbeat. I haven't even heard this one yet. Let's hear what he had to say. This is Joe Judge after that game. Well, I'm the head coach. Everything in the program reflects on me, Jordan. I don't ever shy away from that. I don't make excuses. I don't hide from that either. I'm not a finger pointer. I'm an excuse maker. I'm never going to try and deflect anything. Okay? In terms of the direction the program's going, look, there's a lot of things I see week after week with our players and where we're going that I'm encouraged in a lot of ways. And sometimes that's tough to see externally. But there's some key foundational pieces that are being put in place, and there's a lot of things we're making progress on pushing forward. Internally, you can see a lot of pieces being put together and a lot of things within the direction, the culture, and the foundation of the program that I've been fortunate enough to know what it's supposed to look like, and I can see the direction it's going, and I can see the foundation being poured and solidified, and we're going to get in the right direction. Here's the problem. I, I suppose that's a perfectly fine thing for him to say, but this is a win-now team, and you're 4-9. and nine. So when you say, I see little things, they may not be evident from the outside, like, that's what you say when you took over a 2-14 and 14 team, or whatever it was. I'll just use my team as an example. Robert Sala can say, you know, I know we're not getting the results, but I see things coming into place. And up until yesterday, you almost could say that. We got some young players who are playing well, whatever it is. Like, you can say that when you were one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. But when you are a team that made all these acquisitions of free agents and everything else, like, you're, this is your window. This is your moment. This is a time when the things that are going well should be evident to everyone. It's not okay if only you can see them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Nuno, I would assume that answer did not sit well with you. No. So, I have an idea. I think this is a great marketing idea. When Joe Judge and, hell, even Robert Sala, because he, invite, you know, he invited uh, the Michael K. show one time to practice, sit down. And, yeah. to sit, but not only that, and sit down and film. watch the 20, all 22. Yeah. Mm. So, guys... Hear, hear me out. How about you send out a Zoom to selective fans when you sit down and watch the All-22 and you can show them uh, how what's going on and why they should be all in on this team and the foundation that you're creating. Brilliant. That's the way to do it, apparently, because we're all too dumb to realize that the team stink, that you guys aren't going anywhere, and that everything needs to be blown up. Yes, that's, that's an extremely good point. Why are you on that Zoom with Joe yeah, Judge? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I desperately... Uh, fact- Joe, Nuno here, question. <laughs> Yes. Hi, Nuno in uh, Connecticut. I have a question for you. Uh, why is it that in a win-now season, the things that are going well are not evident to everyone watching? Um, we lost this game yesterday, 100-4. to four. Um, <laughs> why, why, wh- What things went well? I, I, I would like to hear Nuno. And this is why we do Nuno's Notes. What's going on, Nuno? Not much, Greeny. Nuno is a unique personality. There's just that je ne sais quoi. He puts notes on all of the games into the Google Doc for me. I'm definitely a savant. And I like it. I just enjoy it. Nuno's Notes. Uh, Sure. Let's do it. 
I like to run, I, first. I like to talk over the end of that, where I do it every single week, every time. And then next, I like to just run through some of his notes. Um, and, and so some of these are actually serious, uh, meaning some are funny and some are serious. So of the Chiefs blowing out the Raiders, he writes, "Just put the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Give me fifteen seconds on that, Nuno. You got the Chiefs in the AFC right now? Yeah, they're head and shoulders above every team, other than the Pats uh, in the AFC at this point." Pats, Chiefs, AFC Championship game, which it was what it was a few years ago. Obviously, Brady won that game in the overtime. You agree with that, Nuno, right now, Pats, Chiefs? Uh, oh. I, I do, sorry. I, I Excuse think, me, I meant Hamburg. Yes, yes, I agree with that. And so Vegas actually favors the Chiefs to come out of the AFC right now. Next, he writes, of the Cowboys beating Washington, the Cowboys' offense is broken, and more importantly, so is Dak. Bubba, the, the Cowboy fan, do you agree with that? It seems like it. Uh, the defense is not broken, but there's something wrong with the offense. And and honestly, I don't know why. Even even it starts with Kellen Moore. Like the play calling is weird. It's not just Dak, but it starts with Dak. And there's more to it. But the offense is broken. And uh, Nuno is right. I worry that there's a lot of cooks in that kitchen. That, that that's yeah. what concerns me. Uh, but I worry a lot more about the Jets. Nuno's note: Saints thirty, Jets nine. He writes. Zach Wilson's struggles on short passes make Chuck Knobloch's yip blush. <laughs> Those of you who don't remember, Chuck Knobloch was a second baseman who lost the ability to throw the ball to first. We've seen that over the course of time. And you're right. For a guy who is, came into the league with a golden arm, I mean, the one thing he's supposed to be able to do if nothing else is throw the hell out of the football, he missed on some easy ones yesterday, Nuno. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... It's bad, right? It's those are the ones. The easy throws are the ones you're always you should make, right? Dan Orlovsky earlier today talked about how you know much pride and and how much effort and everything else that uh, Rogers puts in on those short passes. And Zach Wilson can't get those right right now, and that's scary. I, I, I would have time for some more of these, but I like the one he did on the Broncos beating the Lions too. He writes, "Imagine how good the Broncos will be next year when someone else is their quarterback." I will say this. Back when this was a daily topic of conversation, everyone was telling me Rodgers was going there. Mm. If you put Rodgers on that team, you put Rodgers on the Broncos, to me they become the team to beat in the AFC. The number one team to beat in the AFC, agree or disagree? I agree. If you exclude the quarterback from their roster, if you exclude the quarterback from everyone's roster, they're a top three to five team in the NFL. All right, give me a call. 888-SAY-ESPN. We've done all we can do. Now it's time for your hot takes. I need to hear them. We're serving them up hot. So 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Call them up. Your hot takes are next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. All right, lines are open here. Bubs, let's get this thing rolling. Give me some hot takes. Who's first up? Yeah, we're going to start with Nick. All right, Nick, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Nick, give me a hot take. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yes, hi, Mike. How you doing? Good. Good. So my take is that before the end of the season, Marcus Mariota will be the Raiders' starting quarterback, and Derek Carr will not be on the Raiders' roster next year. Well, I, I think that I don't know if they're going to bench Carr. I mean, they got so obliterated in their two games against Kansas City. Let, let me go back over that number again. 
they lost the two games against the Chiefs this year by a combined score of, I have it here, by a combined score of 89 to 23. <laughs> that is the biggest score differential by one team against another in a single season since 2007. They lost their two games this year by a combined total of 66 oh. points. So, do I. It's an interesting question. Carr has had some very good moments this year. They've had, obviously, they've had to overcome. I don't even like to call either one of these things adversity. They're so much more important than the impact they had on the football team, both the tragic situation with Henry Ruggs and the horrendous situation with Gruden. But those are also things that will have an enormous impact on a football team. Again, of, it's like not even of secondary importance. It's not even tertiary, but you know what I'm trying to say. I don't think Carr is the problem. The question, who's going to be the coach of that team? Like, who's going to be? They anticipated John Gruden running that ship forever. Like, he had a 10-year contract. He wasn't going anywhere. They're going to have to completely change course now. And whoever that person is is going to get to make that decision, right? That's right. And they were talking a little bit this year about whether or not they would retain Basaccia, the current head, uh, head coach in that role. But I think yesterday put the nail in the coffin that I'd be stunned if they brought him Me back. Me too. And no, uh, no chance. For whatever it's worth, Derek Carr has one more year left on his contract, and it's only about a $20 million cap hit, which by quarterback standards is very modest. All right, Nick, I like it. I like the hot take, and we'll see if you are right. Who's next up, Bubs? Next up, we have Donovan. Donovan, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give me a hot take. My Raiders will make the playoffs at 10-7. and seven. Greeny, like that last, like you said, everything we have gone through this season, of course it's going to take a hit. But I have to be positive knowing I still see my Raiders in the playoff point. It's nobody's fault. Derek Carr's fault. It ain't the defense fault. We have to perform better. That's all. Despite everything we have gone through, we are still in the playoff point, Greeny. i got to be hopeful, man. I want to know what kind of team I have, man. The last three years, we started off hot. Midseason collapse and we missed the playoffs. I want to know what kind of team I have, man. That's all I got, Green. I like it. No, look, I I like the call. I I like – you should feel that way. You should feel like you still have a chance to make the playoffs because you do. As Hembo pointed out, almost every team in the NFL still has a chance to make the playoffs. Only six of the 32 teams are not within one game of a playoff berth right now. Let me look where the Raiders sit here right now. It's 6-7. and seven. Let me see the remaining schedule here. FPI has the Raiders as an underdog in all four of their remaining games. Okay. It's, it's at Cleveland. All right. That's, ho- at Cleveland mm-hmm. is a... I think that's a loss. They host the Broncos. I think that's a loss, but they're also both games they could win. How about at Indianapolis? That's a loss. And how about home against the Chargers? I think that's a loss. That's a tough putt. Yeah, I think that's... T- look, if I'm a fan of that team, maybe I feel the same way you do. Uh, and your team is way better than mine. But do I think they're making the playoffs this year? No. Do I think that they are set for a something of a reset based on the Gruden situation? I absolutely do. Your call's rolling in as you're a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football bowl season is here. Fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Bubba, who's next? Next up, we have Scott. All right, Scott, give me a hot take. Greeny, I love your work. And it sounds like a punchline, but the team in the NFL that had the best day Bye. That's the Indianapolis Colts, thanks to all the teams in the AFC between them and the playoffs losing. You, you call broke up for a second there, but I think what, what you said was the team that had the best day of anyone in the, in, in the AFC was Indy. 
because they didn't play. Yeah, a lot of things broke well around them. Th- that that supposes, I mean, Tennessee won yesterday, but so what we've done basically, it sounds to me like you're saying, we've written off the division, and Indy's chance of getting into the playoffs is um, getting in as a wild card, which I agree with, don't you? I, I think they're going to get in For as a sure. wild card. For sure, they entered yesterday outside the playoffs. And they're now the sixth seed, having not played. They're one of five teams in the AFC that are seven and six right now. I but they see, hold a because bunch of the Bengals lost, because Buffalo, this is what he means. The Bengals lost, Buffalo lost, the Raiders lost. Mm-hmm. All those teams fell behind them right. with losses. Yeah, I think the Colts are going to make the playoffs, don't you? So do I. Yeah, I, I think they're And that, that's a good game this weekend. You know, Nuno said it in my ear when we were in a break. The two best games on the schedule this weekend are actually Thursday and Saturday. Thursday night is Chargers-Chiefs. That's a monster game in the AFC West. Saturday, the second of two. Actually, both games are not bad Saturday, right? Raiders-Browns is the first one. That's a decent game. Mm -hmm. And then Colts-Patriots, that's the best game of the weekend, I think. For sure. The Colts are a two-point favorite uh, over New England in that game right now. I assume it's in Indianapolis. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cleveland's Cleveland's a a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the aforementioned Raiders. And then um, the Chiefs are a three-point favorite favorite on the road against the Chargers. Buffalo losing that game yesterday is such a big deal because they now fall two games behind New England. Mm -hmm. Like, if they won that game, if they beat Brady yesterday in that overtime, and now all of a sudden they're only one game behind New England with a chance that New England could lose to the Colts and then they get them again, like, that loss yesterday was a bad loss for Buffalo. And just a tough uh, stroke from the scheduling gods to get Belichick and Brady in back-to-back games, and they lost the exact kind of way that you would expect. Six days apart. Brutal. Those games were six days apart. Greening on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Uh, Next up, we have Kenneth. Kenneth, give me a hot take, my man. Yes, Aaron Rodgers goes out as a Super Bowl champion. He's going to sign with a team he loves in San Francisco 49ers, and GQ Jimmy will be with Pittsburgh Steelers next year. Kenneth, thank you. <laughs> Someone tell me what he just okay, said. Okay, so he says the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. After doing so, Aaron Rodgers is going to go play quarterback for the 49ers and that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go play quarterback for the Steelers. But he said GQ Jimmy is going to, uh, to Pittsburgh. you got to <laughs> get that part. <laughs> that yes. part of it I agree yes. with. Garoppolo, his handsomeness is distracting. Stunning. Like I find it distracting. Even when they cut to him with the helmet on, you're like, jeez. That guy is handsome. That said, he's not very good. I, I, I think the Steelers, there are other options the Steelers might have that would be better. Now, he's, he's better than Mason Rudolph. By a long shot. And Dwayne Haskins. So he may be their best option next mm-hmm. year. I think there are going to be a lot of guys available. Um, so we'll see. Garoppolo will be someone starter next year. I do agree. I shouldn't sell him short. He will be someone starter next year. Is that where you think Rodgers is going to go? I think Denver is likelier, but I'm not sold that he's not going to stay in Green Bay. Yeah, me neither. I mean, is San Francisco, they just traded two number ones to take Trey Lance. Are they now going to trade whatever they have to trade to get Aaron Rodgers? What if they traded Trey Lance? Then the Packers would have two quarterbacks who've never played on their (laughs) roster who were drafted in the first round. They would have Jordan Love and Trey Lance on their roster. So I don't see it happening. Oh, no, wait, they don't have to trade. I'm sorry. He, he, he rearranged it so he can become a free agent, right? Well, yes, but it's a little bit more complicated than that, from what I understand. Like but he, the bottom line of it is a team doesn't have to trade for him, do they? I, I, think, I think he can leave. He, can't, he, he, doesn't, he does not become – we should definitely get one of our insiders to give us clarification, but he, from what I understand at least, he's not becoming an unrestricted free agent. Like There is a little bit of machination that has to, 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 
to occur. Like Shifty said, like, yeah, he sort of controls his own destiny, but I, I don't think that he can sign elsewhere like Tom Brady did when he was a free agent. Okay, we'll, we'll get the bottom yeah. line on that. I'll, I, I'll go look at that story when that, when that I would I would put right now, in order of likelihood, the two most likely places he winds up next year as Green Bay 1, Denver 2. That, that's, that's what I think, and I, I base that largely on the things I hear from people who cover this stuff every day. So that would be my guess. If I were guessing right now, I will, I will underline that it is simply a guess. So uh, the 2023 year was voided, you might recall. Right. That's two years from now. And then there's some like, provisions in the contract that prevent the Packers from like, pursuing the prorated stuff and all that. So it's going to make keeping him complicated for 2022. Okay, but they will still get to trade him. Yes. Okay, fair enough. So maybe they trade him for Trey Lance. <laughs> and then they <laughs> trade Jordan Love to the Steelers. I, I don't know what's going to happen here with these guys. None of them have played. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, give me another one. Let's go to Dan. Dan, give me a hot take, Dan. Hey, guys. Say what you will about Nagy and Pace in Chicago uh, in punting on fourth and inches when you're a 4-8 and eight team. But the Bears are stuck in purgatory so long as they have an accountant running the show in Ted Phillips. We need to get a football guy in there. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, Ted Phillips was um, was their cap guy. He, he, he was that when I covered the team back in the early 90s. Um, so he's been there forever. Now he's the president. But, I mean, the football decisions are, are, are largely, at least to my understanding, and I'm not in the day-in, day-out of it anymore as I used to be, well, those are being made by the general manager, who's Ryan Pace, and he's the one who's going to pay, I think, with his job for how badly – Everything is gone. <laughs> I don't know that Ted has a whole lot to do with it one way or the other. He's you know, going to be busy trying to figure out how he's going to get his team to Arlington Heights. Um, and I think he's more concerned about that. Not, I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't know Ted well enough to know this one way or the other. I don't think that's their problem. I think their problem is they, have, they missed on a quarterback. Oh, I don't know if they missed on Trubisky. Like, I don't know what Trubisky is. Like, you see him over there on, on Buffalo. Is Mitch Trubisky going to be a starting quarterback in an, in an NFL next year? I think so. He seems to me like a very attractive buy-low candidate, the way that Ryan Tannehill once was. He's backing up Josh Allen this year. And in 2018, the year that he won 12 games with the Bears, he was a third-ranked quarterback in the whole league. So we have at least seen that he has that in his bag if he's coached up properly. How about him for Pittsburgh next year, Nuno? What do you think? Mitch Trubisky is the quarterback of the Steelers next year. You in? He's going to be somewhere. It's either the Steelers or maybe the Giants, somewhere. The Giants? You think the Giants would be interested in him? He be Based upon the fact that there's nothing in this draft, he will be a starting quarterback somewhere on a team like that where uh, the Giants, Steelers, hell, the, the Saints, something of that nature. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I like that. Let's do one more. Bubba, give me one more hot take. Let's go to Josh. All right, Josh, you're on ESPN Radio. Hit us with something. What do you got? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, so my hot take is going to be uh, when the Colts beat the uh, Patriots this uh, weekend, uh, Tennessee's going to end up winning out, and they're going to take the number one seed. Uh, then they're going to be knocking the Colts out the playoffs anyways. So what did he say? I'm sorry. The, the Colts are going to beat the Patriots this weekend, he said. And he, then what? He said also the Titans <clears throat> are going to – Clinch the number one yeah, seed, number right? One oh, seed. And, right. Then, and then Bubba, what was what was it about the Titans and the Colts? He said the Titans are going to knock out the Colts, the Colts in the yeah. playoffs. I, mean, I could definitely see Titans, the Titans number one, one seed, seed, Colts out. Titans have to get healthy, is what has to happen. I mean, they got to get Henry back. Well, let me say this: we, we've we've gone back and forth on how much of this is Tannehill and how much he was being helped. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this: they don't win playoff games without Derrick Henry, right? As right. as 
as unspectacular as the AFC playoff teams are, I do not see them running deep in these playoffs without Derrick Henry. If he is back and his foot really is healthy, then I think I could see them in the Super Bowl. For sure. I absolutely could Mm because there's no team in the conference that I'm that scared of. All right, one piece of business left. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. Let's make a pick here on the Monday Night Football game brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. we got Arizona and the Rams tonight in Arizona. Give me some numbers on that game. Hembo. Rini, the Cardinals are a two-and-a-half point, only a two-and-a-half point home favorite over the Rams. And right now, the public likes them a lot. 69% of the public right now is on the Cardinals. Okay, I see on my screen you wrote smelly line next to it, which is a favorite expression of yours. What is it about this line that smells to you? It's a smelly line because the Cardinals are 10-2, and two, and they're at home. The Rams are 8-4 and four playing on the road. And what Vegas is essentially telling us is they, th- they think the Rams and the Cardinals are almost are, are equivalent teams, are, are as good as each other because you know three points in the NFL is usually the, the home team advantage. That surprises me a lot, given how well we've seen Arizona play. To me, that number says we want the public to bet on Arizona, which they're doing, which tells me I think the Rams are probably a good bet tonight if you're looking to play smart. That's interesting. Now, these teams played early in the season, and Arizona smacked them, right? Yeah, that's right. And that was in L.A. Mm-hmm. You have that game? What was the final score of that game? They won big. Let me pull it up. It's also the kind of thing that Vegas wants you to remember. The final score of that game was 37-20. Uh, to 20. I like Arizona, minus the two and a half. I'm falling into the trap. The official KOD pick, if they're trying to trap me, I am officially falling into the trap. I'm taking Arizona, minus the two and a half. I think they're that good. I think the whole world doesn't pay enough attention to them. They're that good. I've got Arizona, minus the two and a half. We'll see how it goes, and we'll see you tomorrow here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.